as a as a startup, you focus more on your uh, product, your bootstrapping um, strategy, which is very important because you know you're doing a startup. If you spend too much time on your presentation, um, your your idea, how how to validate this idea, it's not you you're just wasting your time. I think you know as a startup, your time is very valuable. And um, you just focus on a small step. Hey, everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has grown several uh, startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as uh, founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we focus on helping startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And if you ever need help with your patent or trademark, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today, and I'll, I'll give the the apology ahead of time so we had uh we have lucas on and uh, lucas actually recorded a uh episode before this somehow with the the zoom and all that they do it got corrupted so he's coming back on we're redoing the episode i'm sure it'll even be better than the first time um but uh but uh, just as an introduction so lucas and i have already had one great conversation i'm excited for a second one give you a bit more of an introduction to 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 lucas um so he was uh, born and raised in china and uh, came over to ohio ohio i think when he was a high school student and so and uh, my connection to ohio just as a quick connection so i went to ohio or cleveland ohio for uh, school when i did law school and mba school out in, in uh, cleveland ohio so at least we both have a common ohio connection there um but then after uh, or with with high school and that um was pursuing uh, grad school um and he had his kind of his first entrepreneur business he was part of a restaurant and then uh, as you're as he's graduating he kind of combined his software background and hospitality background to do his current business and i'll talk a little bit more about what that is today and how he founded it and how that's gone and what or where the the company's at so with that much as an introduction welcome back onto the podcast for the first time everybody else is meeting you but uh, welcome on or lucas hey hey what's up kevin so I gave kind of the, the short introduction and overview, but maybe taking us back, kind of born and raised in China, going to Ohio and then going to school, kind of give us a little bit of the, the of, of your journey. Yeah, sure. So came here in uh, during high school, went to Ohio, uh, which was a great school called Grand River Academy, a small town uh, in the uh, Ashtabula County. And uh, first time go to, first time go to a board, other, other country than China and uh, it was a great uh, study journey over there. And then go to Illinois, study in the uh, University of Illinois, study for four years, and then go to Chicago, continue study in the uh, Illinois uh, Institute of Technology, a- aka IIT, mm. for another six years to pursue the PhD degree. So it's quite a long study time. Yeah, mm. yeah rather lucky, uh, got some friends. Uh, starting doing the uh, entrepreneur, uh, first time was a, a restaurant, and now it's doing uh, restaurant technology because I am always a technology person. So, always want to combine my uh, restaurant skill mm. uh, together with the uh, technology skill. So that's why I'm doing this. So, so you went to you know you went to grad school, and, and first of all, you know what did you major? Or what did you graduate in as far as with uh, graduate school? Uh, grad grad school. I graduated as a computer engineer, 
Mm. I'm an engineering major uh, focusing on computer networks, computer networks uh, security, and uh, things like that. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, do a lot of codings, do a lot of, you know, research. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun journey as well. Yeah. Oh, makes perfect sense. So, and now, so you, and you touched on it lightly. So you went off, you know, you're doing grad school, you're uh, doing computer engineering. How did you get into kind of the restaurant, um, restaurant business or how did you or start to get connected or get and go in that direction? Yeah. Uh, so while I was doing the, uh, the, the master degree, cause, cause during that time it was, uh, it was a boom of, uh, you know, Asian students studying in the United States, mm. you know, uh, and uh, they all missing their hometown food. So that's, that's how we got into the restaurant business. Yeah, like a lot of students trying to looking for authentic Chinese food. And uh, so, and you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the Chicago Chinatown, before, now, now it's much better before, even though they serve pretty good food, but it was more like Americanized. Mm. So, you know, it's not like very authentic. So that's why we started like more like authentic Chinese food for, for the Chinese students. So that's how we started the, uh, that's the opportunity. And um, so, no, yeah. is that, you know, so because, and I agree, first of all, you know, so I lived in Taiwan for a couple of years and, you know, the food over there, at least the Chinese food night, and I've been visited China a couple of times. Chinese food in Taiwan and China is much different than the Americanized version. I like the China, the, the real stuff much better, but you know, there's a difference. So you, you, one, you can miss food or you can miss food from home. It's much different to say, now I'm going to start a restaurant to service that need. So was it your idea and you, Hey, I wanted to start a restaurant or was it a, a friend or a partner? Or, you know, how did you kind of say there isn't this authentic Chinese food? We're going to start doing that as a restaurant. Oh yeah. So the the people the people missing the authenticity of the food was the the driver to you know there's a business opportunity but I, I wasn't the person to you know that boat to start a restaurant because you know restaurant is a high risk business mm. it was the uh, I got some friends college friends so they 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 want to start it and I was uh, just part of the ownership of that restaurant and I focus more mm. on because you know more like a tech a technology person so I'm, i actually focus more on the how to optimize the operation with technology mm. how to uh, do like digital marketing and mm. uh, how to um how to do more like operation thing so how about actually you know how you cook the food how you um how, how you maintain the quality of the food how you operate the restaurant more from my partners yeah but i was doing more like you know like like as a more like a support role instead of mm. the main role yeah okay no make makes sense so yeah. so now you you do the you know you participate you kind of on the i would say the, it sounds like a bit on the operational side of how you make the food quality and how you manage things and how you run some of the business and not or less on the food side but nonetheless very important to run it now you graduate and so that was i think when you were during graduate school is that right as you were studying you were also doing the business as, as part-time yeah 
So that was a part-time business. So, so now, uh, so and then you, so now you graduate and you're you're coming out of graduate school. You and now you want to, you know, it sounds like you know you have the software background and the hospitality business. So how did you, you know, how did you make the jump, or what made you decide to go into more of the software side of what you guys are doing now, as opposed to continue on the restaurant, or are you still doing both the restaurant and what you guys are doing now with the kiosk, or how did that work out, or you know, how did you make that transition to where you're at now? Uh, yeah, that's uh. You know, while I was running the the restaurant business, and one of the major pinpoint is, um, one of the very major pinpoint is how to deal with uh, with the labor. You know, especially for for immigration restaurants. Um, you know, the ideal labor for 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 immigration restaurant is was of course the, the second generation of immigrants, basically. Why? Because they can the language they can speak both that you know like because we run in chinatown the second generation can speak fluent mm. chinese and english really well so they are pretty much the best uh your, your best staff especially in front of house but you know but the second generation of of uh, second generation immigrants they don't really want to work in the restaurant anymore you know mm. they want to the, the parents work in the restaurant so they, they don't want to work in the restaurant you know <laughs> so mm. it's a liver is a it's not just a high cost it's a, it's a it's 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 like a resource very scarce resource very scarce resource so we need more technology to help those restaurants to 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 sustain this you know rapid changes so i think that that's how we uh, get into the kiosk which is to automate the point of sale for for quick service restaurant so you know like a lot of restaurants are doing it right now uh, like mcdonald's you know Shake Shack, they all use kiosks. And now we're trying to push the kiosks. Uh, we start from the authentic, authentic restaurants uh, uh, as well. So we, we push the kiosks to those like immigration restaurants where mm. the technology was really, really left behind, you know, mm. uh, in, in the market. And uh, uh, we help them and then we try to get into the mainstream market as well. So we're trying to get into serve more like, instead of serving like Chinese food restaurant, we're trying to serve more like a burger, hot dog, which also, you know, they want to use kiosk. So there are a lot of those mm. type of restaurants in Chicago. So that's, uh, so that's, that's, that's how we get into the business basically. Yeah. So now you, so you make, you see, so you, you get into the business, make the transition say, Hey, there's an, an opportunity here for kiosks, especially for businesses that are, you know, I'll say mom and pops or smaller businesses or ones that aren't necessarily a national chain, you know, McDonald's has their own kiosk system or Wendy's or some of those, but all the other businesses are a little bit left behind or don't have an adopted technology quite as quickly. So you had that idea, started to build a businesses, get the kiosk. So how's it gone? You know, you jump into that, you start doing it. Has it been successful? You get into a lot of businesses. Has it been pivoting? Has it been struggles? Has it been like goods or bad or highs or lows? Or how's it gone since you, or since you guys launched? Um, it's, it, there, there's up and downs, of course. And, mm. uh, the most, you know, the most, uh, unexpected thing is, uh, is of course the COVID. Mm. So COVID, uh, really make us struggle because even though in COVID restaurant, if they want to open, they really want to have a very high standard, uh, you know, house security. So they, mm. they want to keep, keep a long distance from their, their customer and their staff. So, 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 you know, maybe they want to use more kiosks, but at the, at the same time, COVID really killed a lot of restaurants. So restaurants are getting poor 
they don't have the money to to make the investment mm. during this special time. So it's uh, it's really a tough time for us, um, to be honest. We, yeah, but you know, even though people realize they need a kiosk, they need more technology to to overcome uncertainties, like for example, COVID. You know, you know, you never know what what what's gonna happen tomorrow, but technology can really help mm. you get through it. But at this time, at this at this time, like January 2021, a lot of restaurants don't have the money to purchase a kiosk. So it's uh, it's actually a very tough time for us. Um, so we, the ideal customer for us is a restaurant, uh, small to mid-sized chains with less than mm. 20 locations, including, you know, mom and pop size. Mm. Uh, you only have one, you can use our kiosk. If you have less than 20 locations, you can use our kiosk. It's not a kiosk for national franchise. It's not. It's 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 more for local. It's more mm. for local businesses. Also, it's 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 a great solution for for restaurant owner who own multiple restaurants under different brand names. Say, I, I own a, a burger shop here. I own a hot dog shop over there. I own another like coffee shop somewhere else. But you know, they all under the same owner. So this owner really, if you you really want to in, improve all your quick service restaurant locations and uh, this is a great solution for you yeah hmm. no make, makes perfect sense so now it kind of building on that so and i and i get it you know restaurants have, have certainly been pounded especially in-person dining depending on where you're located has been taking a pounding whether it's outside or whether it's inside or whether it's not at all and depends on the states and so it's certainly i can see how that introduced that a bit of that you know that that struggle or that issue of trying to get people to adopt it when they're just trying to keep the business open in the first place. And who would have anticipated that was what would happen to restaurants, you know, a year ago type of a thing. But now if you're a lookout and say, okay, it, it a little bit, the old cliche term, it is what it is. You know, I am what I am type of a thing. And, you know, that's where the businesses are at today. You kind of, you know, looking at how you're going to pivot or how you're going to move forward in the next, you know, six months to a year, kind of where do you see things heading or what's kind of the plan going forward? Uh, so we do see some restaurants, they, they still doing really well mm. during the pandemic. Um, they have a strong operation ability, strong execution ability to get through. So we are trying to take, find out where those restaurants are and uh, connect with them and, uh, provide our technology, uh, solution for them. Um, uh, but at the meantime, we're going to do more. Um, research and the development R and D to improve the product mm. uh, because you know it's uh, we're gonna prepare uh, the COVID gonna gonna we're gonna get through it uh, soon I hope yeah with the vaccine so yeah we're gonna prepare for it mm. uh, we're gonna make our uh, logistic uh, really well so that we can serve uh, wherever you are we can we can we can ship it to you make sure it's very easy to install. Make sure it's uh, it's easy to use, and uh, you know. So we make sure the, the the system is stable wherever you are. How good or bad your internet connectivity is, and uh, it's it's pretty good to use. So we're gonna put more effort on on the, mm. on the product during this time this year. So that no, that makes sense. You're saying, hey, if, if right now as we're waiting for the restaurant business to pick back up, you know, we'll focus on the customers we'll have. We'll still do sales, but then we'll put a lot of our time and effort on to product development, making things even more solid and making sure that as things open back up, pick back up and as the uh, vaccine and uh, COVID is, you know, 
hopefully going away or you know maybe being more minimized that then you'll be even stronger coming out of it to, to hit the restaurants back up as they as they start to open back up so it sounds like a, a, certainly a great plan yeah, well exactly. as we wrap up the or wrap towards the end of the podcast i always ask two questions so maybe we'll jump to those now so the first question i ask is along your journey what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it um so the worst business decision i made was so actually before the kiosk mm. uh, we were doing something else so which which even more high-tech than kiosk so we, we mm. had a patent and uh, and uh, we we were trying to do a business around that patent which was a mm. great patent uh, however the worst business decision is um we didn't figure out where the market is for that patent but we started mm. doing business around that uh, patent, mm. so which is actually a you you doing it backwards. So you don't you, you didn't find a market, but you you have a technology. So then you 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 look at your technology, and say, hey, who can I use my technology? Uh, which is not good. So it, but you know, doing business is more like you you have a business opportunity, and then you create a unique solution to solve that problem, and then you, and then if that's you know unique enough, you can apply for a patent. That's how it works. Mm. You know, so basically. Um, it's not a bad thing to have a patent, but you know, but it's not a good big business decision. So we do invest, we do spend a lot of investment around that patent to try to make sure it can generate some money, but uh, eventually uh, we cannot. So that's one of the worst decisions I made. Uh, but that's a great, but anyway, that's also a great uh, experience. <laughs> you, you know, you always study from the failure. So it's, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I agree with you because, I you know, I get people come into every so often to my office and say, I have a great idea. I just want to get a patent on it and then I'll go license it or I'll just, you know, I'll go out in the marketplace and everybody will be beating down my doors because they have the world's best patent. But I think to your point in the in your lesson learned is, you know, patent can be or play a well intellectual property can play a good role into a business but you have to make sure the business case is there where the market's at the people are willing to pay for it and how you're going to position yourself so that yeah. you can leverage it or take advantage of it rather than re, you know relying on that as a business plan so i think that that one certainly makes sense and you're not alone by any means on <laughs> and, and learning that I lesson a lot of it. i believe you saw a lot of it. So now, so I'll jump to now my second question I always ask, which is, so you're talking to a startup or a small business. What would be the, someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, so I think the, the best advice I can offer, because, you know, I, I don't want to say something vague because I'm not like, you know, <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> so I can say something like really broad. Uh, I, I would say, as a as a startup, you focus more on your uh, product, your bootstrapping um, strategy, which is very important because you know you're doing a startup. If you spend too much time on your presentation, um, your your idea, how how to validate this idea, it, it's not you. You're just wasting your time. I think you know as a startup, your time is very valuable. And um, you just focus on a small step, which is do a minimal viable product uh, MVP and uh, keep validating it with your bootstrapping strategy. So find mm -hmm. some customer, tell them to refer, forget about like doing advertisement on social media, forget about all of it. Just, just look for your friends, family and friends, try your product, give some feedback 
if they really like it, if they really solve their problem, they will refer it. So you, you look for that word of mouth. Uh, if you if you ever get that, then you, you're in you know, very good shape, and you will get whatever you want your fundings, your 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 people, your your you know your team, everything. But you know, running a startup, start off with a minimum viable viable product, and then do a bootstrapping, which is very important. No, and I think that's that's great advice, and certainly something people should uh, take to heart and, and learn from. So. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to find out more about your product, they want to be a customer, they're a small business, they want to invest in your company, they want to be an employee, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, connect up with you, or find out more? Uh, just visit our website, uh, our website, infi.us, I-N-F-I dot U-S. Mm. Uh, there's a number, uh, call the number, and they can definitely reach me, send an email contact us um, can always, always find me because we are a small company. You just look for Lucas and they, <laughs> they will, uh, you, you'll find me for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely in, encouraging that was infi or N-I-F-I dot U-S. Go check them out. Check out their kiosks. If you, uh, for any or all the reasons above, if you want to use their kiosk, if you're a business owner or a restaurant owner, if you want to be an investor, if you want to partner up with them or anything else, definitely encourage you to reach out, reach out to Lucas and check out more about what they're doing. Well, thank you again, Lucas. It's been fun to have you on. Now, yeah. for all... Now, for all of the listeners, um, if you have your own journey to tell and uh, you'd like to tell it, feel free to apply to be a guest on the podcast by going to inventiveguest.com. If you are a listener, make sure to, one, click subscribe so you get notifications as all the episodes come out, and two, make sure to leave us an awesome review so that everybody can find out about the podcast. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Lucas, and wish uh, wish you the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Okay, thank you so much. 